experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm Jeff Catano. I'm JJ Chinowski. And we're here with uh, one of our graduates from about, well, let's just say eight or nine years ago, uh, Preston Gladwell. And uh, he's, he's taken the time out of his busy schedule in life to come sit down and just share a little bit about the Preston Gladwell story. So we're going to just open up the floor and you can start wherever you would like. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> this is a fun one for me because, Brett, you, you get to meet all of the students coming into class because you're an instructor. Jade, all three of us know Preston personally from when he was yay tall. Correct. So yeah. this is an awesome story. How old yeah. are you today, Preston? I am 24. So you think about, is that aging you guys at all? Oh, big time. <laughs> big, big time. Remember yeah. when Preston was running around like knee high to a buck gerbil? Yes. I remember meeting JJ up in Bear Lake for the first time. Actually. And you were five, six. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And Jeff, when I was probably <laughs> fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. With my stepson, Zen. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, a lot's changed. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have less hair, and, and it's gray. And <laughs> Jeff's is, like, white. He's starting to look like Santa Claus more and more every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my name is Preston Gladwell. I, I don't know what you guys want me to start with. You know, I want you to think about, uh, you know, whatever the story is that you want to tell. Um, think back... You know, you've, you've got a, a tight family. Uh-huh. You've had a tight family um, as far as your upbringing. Uh, and, you know, you've, you've got a great role models and mentors in your life. And that's really what we want to talk about today is let's talk about, you know, a little bit about your upbringing. Let's talk about some of those mentors and role models and, and, and really getting, you know, vulnerable and honest. I want to hear about some of the stuff you've messed up because I know oh, that I've you've messed, messed some up things lot. up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. why don't you, why don't you start as, as a kid, you know, who were some of the people that you looked up, up to in your life? I'm sure your dad was oh, one. Yes. I mean, if, if we look back, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I always looked up to my grandpa and my dad quite a bit. I mean, my grandpa, he's a hardworking, he was a hardworking home builder, has lost, lost everything once or twice in recessions. And he's always came back and came back and fought for what he's built. And my dad, I've always looked up to him forever. I mean, back in the day, I never really thought he was very cool until I grew up, until I was about 18, I'd say, because I, once I graduated high school, I never, okay, during high school, throughout my years as a younger kid, I didn't really talk to my dad as much as my mom. Maybe my mom had a really good relationship because she always took me to soccer out of state every day we were together pretty much going driving to my soccer games soccer practice and my mom's a huge role model to me as well but we'll get back to that but my dad it was weird coming from graduating to college me and my dad's relationship changed so much it was like 
Because my mom, she's a stay-at-home mom, and I was going off on my own to Dixie State down in St. George, away from the family. And I got, my, me and my dad started talking every day. And it was the coolest thing ever, because I never had that relationship with him before. And he pretty much guided me throughout everything while I was down there for those two years. I just call him like, hey, how do I change this break, <laughs> you know? Or what do I do? I mean, that's just later in life, getting to know my dad more and more has been became amazing. And I think, you know, all of us to a degree experience that as we get older, we just become much more entrenched in our relationships with other people and, and we value them even more. Oh. We value the advice and, exactly. and the bond. And especially with father, son. Yes. Son, mother, you know, that's as you get older too, you're like, I want to help my son grow to where he wants to be. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one thing my dad, I mean, going from personal life to business, he's helped me in so many ways. I'm in the exact same thing he does. We're both in construction and he's a vice president of a company and it's taken my business and he's taught me so many things about how to run my business, how to find more jobs and just learning, learning so much from him. He's been such a mentor to me in that space. And it, it's been great. It's bonded us a lot. And I mean, he doesn't like to talk about business with me, but I push it into him because I, I, I like to learn. I like to yeah. learn from those mentors. That's one thing growing up with my mom though. She was my best friend. Always. We were always together soccer doing all those things and I really enjoyed we had such a tight relationship and that's one that's a relationship I need to work on now so I think I talk to my dad so much and I need to talk to my mom especially now that I'm married and she's home alone with my dad and my dad's weird <laughs> so Tim, yeah that, that's Tim. The, that's the same dad that I know yeah <laughs> you know Timmy yeah I know you played a lot of soccer growing up yes yeah, and you guys, I mean, you were running all over the place all the time. I mean, you've, you've basically grown up in the same area your whole life. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yep. So I want, you to, I want you to think about that upbringing and, and just share with us, you know, some of the, uh, you know, positive things and some of the, you know, even challenges because for everyone, we have those. Yeah. I mean, my upbringing was really, I had the, I, I had the best childhood ever. I mean, I have to worry about anything. I didn't ever think about worrying about one thing in my entire life, to be honest. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was out working and we did whatever we wanted. But I mean, yeah, we, we had so many positives and I've, I never had, I mean, real world really hit me really hard once I had to be on my own. But growing up, I mean, I had the best life soccer. I was always really good. I really pushed myself in that sport. But you lost some games in soccer. Oh, of course. So you learn from those. Yeah. So you're not winning all the time. Exactly. It might not be the real world, but you're seeing that in order to win, you'll fail sometimes. Yeah. You have to work really hard to win. And when you do fail, I mean, I, I was the type of kid that get really pissed off at my, or mad at myself when I would lose a game or miss touch a ball, lose a pass it to the wrong person. And I'd get really frustrated and really upset and what kind did of you, shut down. What did you do with that emotion? Did you go back and practice? Did you go to meet with your coach? What did you do? Just curious. I, I'd actually just really build up, 
build up my anger and kind of push myself to work harder. That's the one thing I had as a kid was hard work, but I didn't have the best talent that I worked really hard. That's the only thing that made me good at soccer. I think. Who'd you get that from? <laughs> I'm definitely my mom. mother, my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that shows up today. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I am a, I work really hard, but make a lot of mistakes. And that definitely shows up that I need to kind of slow down a tiny bit, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Who were your friends back then? Were they good influence? Yeah. I mean, in high school, I was a little bit of a crazy kid that did dumb stuff as always, you know, and you learn, I mean, I definitely got in trouble and I learned from those mistakes and I really don't think I really learned until I left the house of, of the mistakes I made in high school. I'm like, Oh, now if I do something, I'm in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, <sighs> Just no talking to your dad and even your mom that, I mean, obviously they're very proud of you. Um, and you're doing a lot of great things, but there are those times and through those years, um, those years when, when someone's in junior high, when they're in high school, even going back to grade school, I mean that those, you know, six years or, or plus they, they feel like an eternity. That's an entire lifetime. That's a, those are all defining moments in, in our friendships and our relationships. When you're coming into a little bit of an awareness of, of who you really are, you know, um, and then you've, you've got a couple brothers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you think about your influencing them, they're influencing you. You've got friends doing the same thing. And, and I know of some shit that you had fun getting into <laughs> and stuff. I'm fully aware of some of those things because, yes. you know, we do live in a pretty small community yeah. and, uh, you know, things go around pretty, pa- pretty fast and we all, you know, for the most part, laugh about it, uh, because we know that that's part of growing up. And, You've had parents though that w- were were strong enough to communicate with you in a way that you knew that it wasn't okay, mm-hmm. but you also knew it was okay for you to tell them. Yes, yeah. And not a lot of people don't have that. They haven't figured out how to build that relationship with their parents. For some people, it comes very natural, and for others, it's not that natural to build that relationship. All parents want to do is have their kids tell them what's going on, and today that that is a, a something that's it's very tough it takes a lot of work to open up those communication lines but you already had that mm-hmm. you know and and i know you had friends that didn't but i want you to think about how important that is to you and and some of the places that it show that it, it was showing up for you and how you can share that with our audience you know people that are struggling to communicate with their parents and and or fearful of those outcomes and and it all goes back to in our training, it's often it's the fear, fear of failing, failing um, our parents or letting them down or disappointing them and things like that. And I know that you had that on yourself, like you would let fear, fear of letting yourself down, disappointing yourself, yeah. but it also went into your parents, right? Yeah. I mean, growing up during, during the, actually when I did rapport, my fear was fear of not being successful. Or fi- yeah, it was fear of not being successful, and that's what what kind of drives me. But talking, I mean, talking to your parents about those kind of things kind of helps them guide you in the right places. I mean, you've had a very open communication style with your mom and dad. 
mean, we know your parents. Yeah. They're they're pretty easygoing. They're really open, transparent people. Um, they're not bashful about who they are, what they're about, what they're doing. Um, the people they they're just genuine people. Yeah. Um, and you think about that and what that's allowed you to do. And I want you to just share though with the listeners some of the best ways to communicate, like how you have communicated what you're thinking, feeling, experiencing the mistakes you've made and, and how you do that, because it's not that easy for most people to do it. I mean, people Correct. live in some pretty dark places and, and how they communicate with the people that they fear of letting down the most and how they can open up those channels. So you think about some of the things that you've had to communicate, even though you didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you open those? How do you open those channels up? Well, because it takes both sides. Your does. parents can open the door one way, but you still have to open the door and walk through it. Yeah. I mean, it's all about honesty. That's the main thing. That's pretty much all of life. As long as you're honest, you're going to, people are going to be more trustworthy of you to do the right thing or fix the, fix the problems you have or the things you have messed up. And I think that's one thing that I had to be honest with my parents because I did do a lot of dumb things. And I had to kind of tell them the honest truth and see, see how they can really help me. I mean, you got to figure how to talk to your parents. It's, it's hard because you don't want them to be disappointed in you. Because disappointment, you, know, you never want to disappoint anyone. I mean, you want them to love you. And what you think about, you know, I know that growing up, I have a younger brother and, uh, it, he's always been very important to me in my life and, and, and really in a lot of ways, definitely a role model. Right. And as the younger that we were, I mean, I was always three years older than him. So I was, you know, I was going into high school when he was going into junior high, I was graduating from high school when he's, you know, moving into high school type of a thing. So we were always kind of that one step ahead of each other. And it wasn't for a long time before I realized, and, and, and it was through some letters and whatnot, but that, I mean, I was to some degree a role model for him during those times. And, you know, you've had an opportunity to be a role model. Yeah. And I want you to share with the audience how, how you've taken on that and owned that piece because we've all, especially everybody in this room, we've had an opportunity to be not so positive role models in certain areas. And, and yet those things, as what we look at is those defining moments where we get to change our habits and our behaviors and our attitude and move in that other direction. And, and it goes along with some of the friends. I'm sure you don't hang out with some of the friends you hung out with in high school. Oh, of course not. Yeah. What happens? What, what changes? What's different? I mean, I, I did have a younger brother. I mean, I do have a younger brother, Parker. He, uh, he's only actually 16, 16 months younger than me. And I love the crap out of that kid. We definitely, being so close in age, we, we did so much together and I never really saw myself as a role model to him actually ever until, until I was graduated and we were doing our things and he was still in school and I found myself talking to him more and more and I found myself not doing as many dumb things and trying to figure out how, how I can help my brother because you weren't trying to. You not were trying. You're figuring Definitely it out. not trying to. But <laughs> my brother's gone through some really hard things down in when he was a junior in high school. And I from that I actually changed a lot trying to 
not trying, figuring out how how to be a better person, how to be a better person and better role model for him. And I think we just connect so well that I I didn't want to not be the cool brother to do dumb stuff with him. But at some point, I had to because we were going down the wrong path, and we had to figure out how to keep each other in check it and work on things. I mean, being a role model, I don't, I don't even picture myself as a role model, to be honest, but Preston being successful, you know, you said that was one of your biggest fears when you went through the first class with rapport uh-huh. and what you just spoke about. And it's not just about this community. It's not just about the United States. It's about this world that you just brought up it's about your character and that character can be a role model to somebody that's hurting that's somebody that's struggling and keep going down that path successful doesn't mean being a billionaire yeah successful is being a good person to somebody and reaching down and helping them up your character is everything you said it how do I communicate with my parents just a minute ago? You're honest. Guess where honesty comes from? Your character. Nobody's perfect. You're going to screw up in life. You and I talked before this podcast. It's the yeah. people you hang out with is who you are. And you're going to fail more than you succeed. And that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. and you're on the right path, man. And I, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. So continue your story. I mean, you're really jumping past, you know, elementary, junior high, and you're, you're into the meat of it. But it, I, I like this part of it. What's, what transformed from right out of high school? Maybe let's talk right there. You jump out. Your, your younger brother, Parker, was going through some issues. Uh-huh. And you started to, you wanted to be a better person. Yes. What things did you do mentally, physically? educational what things did you do i mean i was i was going to i was down at dixie just really i went down there to have fun and party with my friends yeah and that nobody does that by the way they don't go to college (laughs) to party and have fun and hang out with their friends they don't do that yeah anyways i was down there and it was right as i left he was actually going into senior year and i and the whole whatever happened and he came back and I decided I have to, I have to be better for him. I mean, I had to quit doing dumb things. It kind of made me push myself to be a better person and actually put myself into work mode. I mean, I'd go, go to school, go to school all, all day and then go work all afternoon. And it kind of made me want to be a better role model. Kind of talk to him more often and, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say how I was a role model at the same time. Action. Yeah, it's, it's there. It what is. I did that. You're you're laying it out. You're just you're not saying it. You're just you're doing things right every day. You're going to school. You're getting an education. But guess what? You can also go work after you go to school. Mm-hmm. And you know, not having time on your hands. I know you went down there to have fun and party. Yeah. But it sounds like you worked your butt off. Yeah. After, so. after after he got out, I mean, that's I wanted to be better for myself for for my family and not waste my time down there. I wanted to make the best of it, and really, that's the turning point of when I was like, "All right, I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to actually do something with my life." 
do something for my family and make my dad proud, my mom proud, my brother proud, instead of wasting the time. That's kind of what drove me, drove me to keep pursuing school, pursuing every, everything in my life, getting good grades, everything. You know, I like to think about life as we're plant, planting seeds all the time. It's always about planting seeds. It's who we, who we spend our time with. They plant seeds, who we, who we, you know, if you listen to podcasts, it's those seeds. It's, you know, listening or reading books, all these things are that education and, and in life, um, through the ups and downs, we get to, um, start to mold into, who we are and or who we want to be we start to see that person and i want you to think back to being you know 15 16 years old you go to teen leadership and i know that you were so excited to go to that class oh very excited yeah couldn't wait oh i couldn't wait my dad when i was probably seven six or seven my my dad just came back from this class and i was he had this belt i was like Ever since then, it was JFDI. Like that's all. That's all I heard. Just focus. And Explain do it. to the audience what you just said. What does JFDI mean? Just focus and do it. And from then on, that I was like, I cannot wait to go to this class every day. Like my dad completely changed from then on. And yeah, being that being that age, the impacts I had from people, and I don't know. That's crazy. Anyways, what was the question? Well, you think about being that age. I mean, that's just such a tough is, age. I mean, at, at 15, 16 years old, um, I remember I didn't know if I was coming. I didn't know if I was going. I, I felt like the world was in slow motion and I couldn't get there fast enough. And I know that most people that age, they just feel like they have all the time in the world and everything is so slow and I'm never going to get there and everybody's ahead of me. Um, and there's just all this talk and, and right now it's even, even multiplied because of social media and, yeah. you know, everybody's, a you know, famous Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, TikToker now. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a big thing, but you think back to being 15, 16, I mean, that's, that's, you know, eight, nine years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I want you to think about going to that class some of the defining takeaways that you had focus, the communication that, that, you know, transpired from that with your mom and dad. I mean, I know that they were very excited for you to go to class. Oh, I, so was I, I mean, going in that class, I, I've always been a hard headed, tell me I can't do it and I'll get it done type of guy. And going in that class, I was, I mean, it was just me. I didn't know anyone around me. I had I think Alec Hogue was one of the guys in that class, and I knew him. There's a few football guys from the school, and that was kind of intim- intimidating because they were all high seniors, and I was a freshman, I believe. Yeah, so I I went into that I went in that very open minded, and I the first time right as you get there, I mean, I about crapped my pants, and I real <laughs> I realized there's I'm not this cool badass guy that knows or kid, you know, because you think you're the crap when you're that age there's definitely things I need to work on. I'm going through that class. I, Oh crap. I came in. That's crazy. Seems like an eternity. It, it ago, did. Right? Yeah. And it, I mean, coming out of that class, my family, I mean, it brought, it brought me and my mom even closer than we were. Do you remember reading those letters from your yeah, parents? Exactly. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about, you can talk about whatever you want your podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I just want you to, you know, share from a place of, you know, what you experienced and learned and, and, you know, the doors that were open for you. I mean, I want you to think about, you know, that graduation. 
Yeah. Um, when you got to talk to your parents. Yeah. Well, re speaking of the letters, I mean, I, I was never very emotional. Uh, my parents might say different, but I don't think I was. But reading those letters probably, I mean, it changed my life. You don't hear the things that your parents. Who doesn't? I don't hear the things that my parents say in that letter every day. So it's great. It's, it was amazing to hear what they thought of me, what they, how much they believe in me, and what they look forward to in the future. I mean, I never heard. I mean, that, that kind of, it made me feel loved. And coming out, I mean, I, I felt loved, of course, but it really made, it confirmed how much they do love me and support me and trust me. And You still have them? I do, yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for the listeners, um, if, if you're a parent or even if you're a child and you're struggling to communicate, there's this good old-fashioned thing called sitting down and writing a letter and putting your thoughts and feelings down on a piece of paper and delivering it. And it's just different. It really is. I mean, we can express so much better our feelings and our thoughts by taking that time to ourselves and, and putting it on paper. And then you just deliver it and allow someone to take it in when they're ready to take it in. And that's all that happened. You know, your parents took the time. You took the time to receive it. Have you ever returned the favor? I actually have not. Ah, I gotta, probably should. It's a good Christmas present. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that this year. But it probably changed you coming out and experiencing that in in a way that now you probably verbalize yourself more. Oh, of course, you know, yeah, tell more. people you love them more. Uh-huh. I mean, and that I, sort of a thing. Oh, for sure it 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 changed it changed me in that way for sure. I mean. My family, and we always tell each other, I love you, like, love you, bye. But it's more of a, now, right after that, we were hugging more. I mean, I was, you know how you come out of the class? I just don't know. Excited. I mean, I know how, <laughs> how I came out of the class was, I just felt more empathy for people, cared more, especially my family. And the one thing I am still pissed about is that Zen got the, went to class first. I'm still very mad about that. <laughs> that just came in my head. We should have got Zen here. So we you guys should have brought it out. Yeah. We'll bring we Zen next Zen. time. We'll get Zen. Anyways. No, I mean, during the graduation, after I still sing the song in the shower, but after that, I, you just feel so empowered. I mean, you don't get to, you never get to feel the real teammate aspect of things outside of that class as much as you do in that class. You get to realize that, People are actually there for you and care for you and want you to succeed inside of the class. When you build that teammate mentality just within those first two days, it's just a, it's just a cool, cool place to be and have that support from your teammates in that class. And I think it, they push you, you push them. And it, 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 it was just it's so hard to think back that far, but it's just a cool. I mean, it's on a, on a whole different level in terms of a team like you, it, in your everyday life, working with yeah. a group of people that you would call your team and your, you know, your work family. It's not like that. Yeah. It's different. It is very different. It's on a whole other level. It is. And the piece that's really missing. I mean, um, you know, I just had an opportunity to spend a weekend with 12 uh, individuals from around the, you know, Western U S basically. And, and because we made the choice on the first night of us getting together, the first day getting together to go to that place, I mean, we were able to 
just dive right into that bond right away. And it really comes from just a, uh, honesty, mm-hmm. you know, openness, honesty, the ability to, you know, make that heartfelt connection and be true to your, to, true to ourselves and be vulnerable. Um, we, everybody likes to show off yeah. everything they've got going on. That's great, but they struggle to be real. Yeah. Um, and you know, walking out of a class, being in that classroom, first of all, what generally happens is everybody walks in and everybody kind of thinks they're, you've got the ego, right? Mm-hmm. They're packing around the ego oh, yeah. for most of them. Um, but you, you learn really quick that you're not as cool as you thought you were. Exactly. Um, us as adults, we're just not as cool as we sometimes, I mean, especially parents, you know, we want to be the really cool parents and, and, and maybe at some point we are, but, uh, you walk, go through that process and pretty soon you realize you're the same. Oh yeah. Same, same stuff, same bag of, same bag of uh, groceries you're packing around on your back that, that you're, you know, uh, focused on every day, but leaving that training and having those tools and those resources and having that connection with your family. And I want you to just now look at what happened next. You, you leave that you're, you know, let's just say you're 16 years old. I mean, life is just starting to kind of get interesting before that mom and dad are taking you everywhere. They're doing everything for you. Now you're starting to get some freedom to make some more decisions, have some different friends. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, you're, you're to some degree starting to become in charge of your own, you know, destiny, your own life. Mm-hmm. So what happened there? I mean, a couple of years after what, what, what happened in, in high school there for a couple of years? I mean, in Right after that in high school, I mean, I had a bunch of really good friends. My buddy, my buddy Zen, as we talked about, Jeff's stepson, he, we got really close because we both just went through this program and it kind of drove, my mentality was like, I don't care what people think of me, which, which I don't, but I needed to real, I realized I, I need to not be so out of the box and crazy I kind of need to bring myself in and be more respectful of people. So I might, I was, I was kind of a dick sometimes, you know? That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad are like, here, here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I realized I need to be more respectful of people and I kind of took that to heart and there were some relationships that I had ruined in right at the start of high school, I wanted to figure out how to fix those. And rapport actually gave me, it gave me the tools to be able to talk to them with empathy and honesty and really just lay it out there and say, Hey, I'm sorry I did this. It's all my fault and take that ownership that we learn and really just give, put it all out there so they will trust you and or you'll begin to, build back trust with your relationships. And I don't know, but there were so many things that coming out of that class, it's crazy to even think about right now. It's just so far back, but like Teen Eagle Quest, that changed my how old were you? How old, how old were you when you I ended? I was barely, I think I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. I think I signed up when I was 18 and I think I went when I was 19. I think I curved the. Yeah, you were right there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool experience. Didn't you go with Parker though? I went with Parker yeah. and Tate Peterson. Yeah. And, yeah. The trio. The trio. What was your takeaway from Teen Eagle Quest? Me and my brother really bonded on that. I think that's what brought our bond so tight together was Teen Eagle Quest. 
Like what, what is Teen Eagle Quest? Just so the listeners can understand. It's another one of the rapport trainings. I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's basically second level. So yeah. you've got, they've got the foundation class, which is our team leadership breakthrough class. And then you've got the next level, which is Teen Eagle Quest. And so my question for you is, do you, do you remember your warrior name? Yeah. What is Patient it? Badger. Patient Badger. <laughs> and, and how did you come up with that name? Because I, it's because I need patience. I do not have any patience in Badger. I forget what Badger was. Like a honey badger? Yeah, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So as you focusing on what you wanted to be and as well as what you or who you are, uh-huh. and that's how you came up with your name. But you, exactly. you, and, you and Parker went to that yeah. um, together. Yes. And I want you to think back to that because 18 years old, now that is really when things start to become defining. That's when, yeah. when we really get to start almost deciding a little bit about who we are. Um, and, and right then you get to have some battles, right? Oh yeah. There was one process in that class that really hit me very hard. Um, where you walk, where you ask, where they ask questions and you walk forward or step back. And there were questions being asked that I, people were standing. If you, they'd ask a question and you'd walk, you'd step forward. If, it applied to you and if not you'd stay in place or so forth and people were asking questions or they were asking questions and these questions were really tough really tough and i i never there was one about suicide and i i never realized how many people within 25 people have had those problems which really took everything in perspective to me because i i've had a really great i mean everyone's had good lives but i think i'd I just never dealt with depression or anxiety. And when those six or seven, six or seven out of the 20, 22, 25 people that were there stepped forward and said they've thought about suicide really impacted me. That, that class was very impactful. And yeah, I mean, that really took, that let me think about how good I have and how I should think about what other people are going through before I say, and do things because I, I mean, I say stuff, I used to say stuff that I regret now, but I've learned from all those mistakes and it made me really see how, how people, how everyone doesn't think like me or doesn't have the life that I have and I need to be aware of that when I'm doing things. We call that perspective. Yeah. It really puts it in perspective. Yeah. I mean, life. you know, a lot of people listening, uh, don't, don't relate to with what you're saying where everything's been great. And, you know, I've never thought about that, you know, a large portion of people today, you know, it just has gotten tough. And you think about the last couple of years now. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, thinking about the, you know, when I remember being at Teen Eagle Quest um, and a teen leadership class in, in, at the ranch in Alamo, the weekend they closed Las Vegas oh, and thinking they're doing what? They're, they're closing Las Vegas, like shutting it down, like sending everyone home. I mean, it was just eerie and, and looking back at that and the power of it. Right. And then look at what everybody's gone through, um, the last couple of years now, almost, I mean, we're creeping up on, (laughs) we're we're rolling over into 2022 in another month, but, uh, a month and a half, but think about what other people have gone through and, 
that perspective, how important that is and how people stay in their bubble and they don't ever listen to people and they don't ever get out and talk to other people. So their perspective never changes. They always keep the same vision or the same understanding of something. And we like to talk about how we're, you know, a divided country. Yeah. On on there's some subjects, I'm sure where there's division for sure, Mm -hmm. but the majority of all of us are the same. And we all have the same beliefs, needs, wants, loves, desires, dreams, goals. And you learn that in just a couple of classes at 16 and 18. Yeah. And you learn what some people are battling with and you've been blessed not to battle those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But that perspective and it's about continuing to engage people and listening to them so you can continue to evolve that perspective and think about the gift that that gave you looking uh, through the eyes and having that empathy and looking through the eyes and, and even to some degree being able to stand in the shoes of someone else mm-hmm. dealing with that. Yeah. And you take it home. Let's just talk about your mom. Yeah. So your mom and dad, by the way, they came to your graduation for that. Yep. For Tinigo Quest yes. and supported you once again, As always. just like they've always been there to support you. Yeah. But, um, you know, having them there again at at special moments. I mean, those are really defining moments and they're basically being mentors and role models. And I know that when I grew up, you know, and, and I, I don't know, I won't speak for you guys, but my, my parents, I mean, they had so much going on to make it to all these events. That wasn't a common thing when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of parents that made it to all the soccer games. And I mean, it just didn't exist. And today it's like, if you're the parent that doesn't go to the soccer game, I mean, you're a shitty parent. Right. It's just a lot's happened. So I want you to think about your perspective and everything that you've got going on. You finish that training. Your parents are there to support you once again. You're 19 years old. Now you're heading off to college. And that's when things kind of started to shift with mom and dad. Yes. Yeah. So I want you to dive back into that because you started touching on it, but I want you to dive back into that for a minute. Yeah. So when I left to college, I, like I said, I was, on my own and my dad's had my mom's a stay-at-home mom and we've we she's great and all i i think i just lean more towards my dad for real life experiences and paying the bills and all that and that's that's kind of how i started to build my relationship with my dad more and more i mean my mom i know and it's i think she had a hard time with that because i was gone and started and started dating girls and talking to girls and so forth and i'm married now but i don't get to talk to my mom enough i mean i do i i have the chance i just don't i just don't engage it which i should and i it makes me really sad and i those relationships are very important to me and every every week i think "Ah, i need to start talking to my mom more and more and because it's such a such a real big part of my life and i just don't it's just that communicate i just don't know how to engage that conversation even though I have the tools to, because J- I learned how to. JFDI? Exactly. Yeah, you think about, um, exactly. at, at that point, you were talking about, you know, you kind of left talking to, to your mom and, and go to college and you lean, started leaning on your dad and building those relationships with him. And that's where it really took off. But that was only a couple of years, yeah. which again, seems like a whole nother lifetime. Yeah. I know that there's so many friends of mine that hit, like hitch their wagon to that, those college years. It's like such a defining time in life. And then there's others that are like, yeah, I went there. I did it. I really don't really recall that much about it. Yeah. They, you know, 
but you go there and you get it done. And one of the things you said was, you know, every time you made a mistake, you just worked harder. Yes. So, yeah. so what was going on? You, you back you, then? Yeah. You're going, you go to college, right. And then just worked harder, right? Yeah. I just kept work. I mean, I just kept working harder. I, I'd make, I made many mistakes. I remember being so broke. I remember once right before I went to spring break, I had like $350 saved up. We were going to California. I'm like, oh yes, I can do this. And I thought like, it was, it was weird. But I remember going and buying groceries and being like, oh crap, how am I going to make it through for this next week? But I made sure I didn't want to ask, ever ask my dad for money because I wanted to be, I wanted to be, him to be proud of me, you know? They want to be independent. Exactly. Most, most do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what drove me. I mean, like I said, my worst fear has always been not being successful. So I was like, I, I don't want to be living like this for my whole life. Cause there's a lot of people that do just live paycheck to paycheck. And I made, I was working for my the company my dad works for at the time. And I made a few mistakes of not showing up to work. Yeah. That goes over well. Yeah. Especially under his division. And I got, I mean, that really, it made me realize that I'm not just daddy's son at that point, And I got to be my own man after I got a yelling to yelling at by the superintendent. And that kind of really put in perspective to me that I, that I have to be, account- I, be, yeah, accountable. be accountable and can't, and can't lean on other people. I have to, I mean, you can lean on other people, but you can't, I, I had to be accountable for myself and my actions from then on for sure. Like I, I, I did not want anything going back being like, I can't be like, Oh, my dad and mom will take care of this now. You know? Yeah. It's always nice when we've got those people to fall back on. It is. Yeah. And then there is that time when it's, it's time to take off, right? It's time. It doesn't mean they won't be there or, or, or you can't call them if I'm sure you've still had to reach out, you know, and, and ask for guidance or help in some way. But you know, you, you, you make those hard choices, those, those moments of time where it's like, no, I'm going here. I'm taking a right hand turn. I'm going here, but you go to California for a week with a few hundred bucks. That's, that's, I mean, it can be done. Oh, it was done. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Peanut butter. Home. <laughs> yeah. But you had fun. No, for sure. And you came home broke. Exactly. But you got home. Yeah. So what happened after school? After school? Yeah. So you leave college because this is where, you know, a lot's happened in a short amount of time for you and you're just getting yeah. started. Yeah. I mean, I have one more, I'm doing one more class. I, I've been six years in school. So, <laughs> so you know, let's be honest. I'm not keeping track, <laughs> but no, I, and neither are your parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I actually moved home after two years of school down at Dixie and I started a construction at the construction management program at Weber state university. And that's when I quit working for R and O and the, de- the company my dad went for. And I was like, I need to go out and exactly not be daddy's boy. And I want to be known as daddy's boy. And I want to make my own name. And then I started working. So I started working for Hughes general contractors and it taught me a lot to be, to be on my own with a company that I have no idea about. I don't even know what, how I even started working for him, but that was a real, that was a big grind in my life at that point, those two years were work all day and the construction management program is at night. So I'd be working all day until like five and then go to school from five to 
10 at night. And that really taught me a lot about pushing it and getting going and really pushing yourself to be, to be better. I mean, it was just a really, that's all I did was work and study homework, work and study. Yeah. Yeah. And I worked there for a while. And, and when you're doing that though, what happens with all your friendships and relationships? Oh yeah. I was talking to no people. All I had was a, we had a dog. We, me and my girlfriend at the time got a dog, but she stayed down at Dixie state. We were doing long-term relationship. Wow. Yeah. For two years. She's my wife now. So it worked out. That's the only reason he's mentioning it on the podcast. That's right. That's right. No, but I mean, think about the, because this is what everybody, everyone that's listening, I guarantee you has gone through this battle where every time you get hyper-focused on certain areas, what happens in other areas is we leave out other areas. Yeah. So you got really focused on working hard on know your job and you got focused working really hard on your education so that you could better yourself Mm -hmm. and then you were having a long distance relationship which i'm sure strained that oh very much and then you know all the other friendships that they like really don't exist during that time you may you may shoot a text back and forth you may talk to him from time to time you may even run into him on a rare occasion but you're not there's not a real strong relationship as far as you know, daily, monthly, weekly engagement, but you're still friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, me and my girlfriend at the time, I, I like to, when I'm really engaged in something, I like to shut everyone out, which I've realized was a really bad thing back then because I mean, no one likes to be shut out. And I really pushed, I really just focused really hard and I made excuses not to hang out with people or go down to St. George and see her. And it it was a lonely time. I could say at one, it was a lonely time that I learned a lot from because I found a lot in myself. That's when I started doing a lot more with my life. And I rekindled that relationship with my wife now girlfriend at the time when I realized that I wasn't talk, I didn't have any friends up or I, I wasn't talking to anyone. How long did that last? Was that six months, one year when you were, going to night school and you were at Hughes two years, two years. Yeah. Two years straight. So you, you went through that. Then every, you and your girlfriend, you're not married after the two years. No. Then what happens after the two years? After two years, she actually moved home and she got her her bachelor's in nursing degree. And I, uh, and I, I actually proposed to her. And we get married actually this past September 10th. Nice. Talk about the proposal for just a minute. Oh, that was because you're such a thoughtful person. Oh yeah. So we, uh, I got, I had the ring, had it for about two months, I think. And she She had no clue. No, she had no clue. And we, I was talking to my mom, like, Hey, I think I'm going up to Bear Lake this weekend. I, we're going, I'm going to propose to her. I was like, Hey, will you actually, (laughs) hurry and stain this pallet and stuff and sneak it up there. She's like, yeah, we're already going up that way anyway. And they took it to Todd Hill's house. Yeah. So we, I, I actually did pretty good on the proposal to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that your parents were just going up there and it was no big deal either. <laughs> yeah. They saved me on that one for sure. But they dropped that off. We got, we went and we're launching uh, jet skis early morning. I was like, Hey, we need to go early, you know, just so I could hide it and go grab all the stuff, get it set up on a hill. And that was the scariest thing ever was proposing to her. <laughs> I was crying for sure <laughs> and just shaking. But yeah, it was, 
And she said yes. She did say yes. Awesome. Yeah, she did say yes. <laughs> but yeah, they're married, JJ. I just making sure <laughs> that she didn't. She didn't pause for a couple days and say, "I'll get back to you. I'll zoom you maybe in a day or two. Okay, just yeah. checking." No, we actually drove up. We I fake like we were getting pictures or pictures done. So yeah, our friends had two brand new babies, and we drove up, and she's like this is the ugliest place to take pictures. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, it is. And every, everyone knew besides her because we were just driving up this little trail and we'd stop and I stopped before you can see the pallet with the sign that says marry me question mark or whatever. And I just walk up there and she's like, no, you come down here. We're taking pictures down here. And I was like, no, come up here. <laughs> and she comes walking up. She's like, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's great. What a That's great story. Awesome. So I want you to define success for us, for you. You mentioned it a lot, right? That you had a fear of not being successful. I want you to just right now, 24 years old, your version, your perspective, your belief, what is success for you right now? Success to me is failing every day and still getting back up and fighting to be successful. Because you're never going to reach success, I don't think. I mean... People, there's a definition of success, but I feel like if you say you're successful, you'll net. That's when you. I feel like when I say I'm successful, that's when I'm going to stop doing my best to keep being better or moving forward in what I want to be the best at. So, like, to me, it's failing, getting back up, failing, getting back up, and have a few more wins and then failing. I mean, it's never ending cycle of getting better. That's what success is to me. Love that. So what's next? What's next? Yeah, what do you what do you what do you have on the agenda for your future? What does your future look like? I mean, you just recently got married. Yeah. Um you've got your own business. Yeah. So what what is what does the future hold? The future hopefully if you can You don't have to look out, you know, twenty years from now, yeah. but what's the next five years look like? The only reason we're asking is, you know, that way we can hold your feet to the fire and, and check in on you. Absolutely. And maybe your parents would like to know. Yeah. The next five years to me, um, if she lets me have kids with her, <laughs> trust me, I'm trying, but she's not letting me. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have kids here soon. And I, like you said, I own my own business. So I'm just trying to grow that as fast as possible. It's only, we've only been going for the last year and a half. So, but it's been amazing. Yeah, it's been great. I've learned a lot. What's your business name? Uh, Gladwell Construction. Are you on Instagram and Facebook? I am, yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah, so it's just at Gladwell Construction. But yeah, so a lot of pretty much just working hard, working on my relationship with my wife. What's her name? CJ. Yep, CJ. Not CJ, it's C-E-E-J-A-E. Different way to spell it. <laughs> but yeah, just working on the relationship with my with my wife for sure keeping that strong and in the honeymoon stage as long as possible you know working on talking to your mom more exactly working on building my relationship (laughs) with my mother and my and my older brother actually just moved home from the air force he's been gone for about 10 years and he just got married and they're at oh yeah okay i can't they actually are pregnant and that's a relationship. Uh, whoops. Yeah, I almost, whoops. I had to think if I couldn't tell anyone yet, but yeah, they are. They know. I mean, everyone knows we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a relationship. Breaking I mean, news. Breaking news. 
that's relationship that I really want to catch up on over the past 10 years is getting to know my brother again. I mean, we, there's, I mean, he was, he's actually my half brother and he, he lived with his mother up in Brigham when I was, uh, when we were growing up. So there's a lot, I still don't know about my brother, even though he's my brother, you know? So it's always, that would be a cool, cool relationship to build heart deeper and get to know more. And, and that's Colton. Yeah. Colton. My brother Colton. Colton, thanks for your service. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's endless possibilities of what can happen in the next five years. There is. But so I got a question. Looking back at your life, you just shared it all. Is there anything you would change or anything, any advice you would give to your younger self or to the listeners of things that you failed, succeeded? I love your definition of success, by the way. Thank you. The one thing. There's a few things I'd tell my younger self, but I think the the main thing I would say is don't care about what's not just as what society and what your family wants you to do. Do what makes you happy, especially in your years after graduation. I feel like you get done with school and you wanna, all right, we need to go make money, but do something that do something that's fun and get to live your life in it. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Yeah. Don't worry about, oh, I got to go. I've got to start a job or else I'm going to look like a bum. No, go have, go have fun for a bit. Do your own thing. At some point in your life, you're going to figure it out, what you want to do, who you want to be. Just don't worry about what people think or what society wants you to do. Worry about yourself and others, of course, but focus on, focus on what makes you happy at that time is, is what I tell myself. Make sure you're happy. Awesome. Well, I know I speak on behalf of um, everyone in this room when I say thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you. You know, thanks, um, you, we already know you're that guy. And I know that your, your parents guaranteed have been nervous from time to time. We all are about our kids, but they've always had this, this confidence you'll be okay. And you will be okay. And you're headed into the, the, you know, every life is just like a book that has chapters in it. And the chapter in right now, you know, from our perspective is one of the best, um, newly married, starting your business and, uh, you have so much to give, man. Just, just keep giving it all you have. I know that you're going to be, and you already are a great husband, but it's, it's pushing to be a great husband and you're going to make a lot of mistakes in that area and in business and with customers. But if you come from that, that part of you, that's that honesty and, and that, you know, empathy part you're talking about, people will be okay. And, you know, um, you know, Mark Mahoney's with us here in the room uh, tonight. But uh, if I asked Mark, what, what uh, marriage he's on right now, what Mark, what marriage would you say you're on right now, Mark? Yeah. Third marriage. And he's been married to Casey the entire time. And but, tell everybody who Mark is. So Mark Mahoney is my partner with Rapport and he flew in today to hang out. So he joined us here tonight. He's just in the room for the podcast. I want to thank him for being here, but he and I talk about this often, you know, there's so many stages to marriage, just like there's stages in, in our businesses and in ourselves. And it's acknowledging those things and taking the time to stop and just Look at where you're at and acknowledge how far you've came. That's one of the things why history is so important to us is because if we don't ever stop and acknowledge where we're at 
and how far we've came, it feels like often we're in the same place. And so that's the secret sauce that, that we're going to leave with you tonight in your marriage. Even though it feels like sometimes it's not moving very fast, it's important you stop and take a look um, at each other. Because especially if when we're impatient um, and things like that, stop and take that honest look. But we know you're going to be an amazing husband and, and, and father. You know, you've had a great role model for it. And, you know, bring that empathetic side that your mom has always been there for you. And you get to start making those phone calls to her. Yes, I will. Yeah. Preston, thanks for coming in. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Preston. Make sure you follow us um, on Instagram and Facebook at Building Utah Youth on Twitter at by underscore Utah. Thanks for joining us tonight. That's all. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.com.